Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. 1 Samuel 10, we're going to read verses 9 through 11. Don't know if you guys saw the newspaper, but Carol McGaney was in the newspaper. Uh, she was in a feature article, um, kind of a little bit about her story. I guess there had been two, uh, two previous articles where uh, she, they were kind of following her uh, path of, of recovery uh, from where she was in life and telling some of her story. And uh, this was the follow-up article to it. So uh, we're thankful for Carol and thankful what God's doing in her life. And there's several people in our in our assembly that the Lord's really, really working. Brother Dylan uh, cont- continues. The Lord continues to work in his life. Um, Brother Anthony. Uh, it just seems like that uh, that the Lord's really doing great things among us. And we need to give him praise. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> 1 Samuel 10, we're going to read verses 9 through 11. And this is just kind of a, uh, just to get us a place to start here. It says, And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart, him means being Saul. And all those signs came to pass that day. And when they came hither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him. And the Spirit of God, say the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. And it came to pass when all that knew him before time, remember those people that knew you before time? <laughs> Anybody could tell some stories about you, Brother Smith? Amen. Could you tell some stories about your Brother Dylan? Oh, yeah. Before time. They knew him before time. Saw that, and behold, he prophesied among the prophets, and then the people said one another, What is this that has come unto the son of Kish? Is Saul among the prophets? Hmm. I want to speak to you a little while tonight. I'm going to continue from last week. The keys to deliverance for the Christian, part two. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you for each and every soul that's gathered together tonight. God, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to work among us, God. Lord, Lord, anoint the word as it goes forward tonight, God, to do the work that it's supposed to do. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your will and your way among each and every person that's gathered here tonight. We'll give you all praise, all honor, and all glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. So if you weren't here last week and you didn't happen to catch it on live stream or listen to it on the archives or anything, I talked a little bit about uh, understanding that there's spiritual work um, that goes on on the inside of us when we come to the Lord, okay? And understand that all those spirits that lived in you beforehand, when you come to the Lord, see, understand that the gospel goes hand in hand. We read the scriptures about Jesus sending out the twelve. And how he said, you're going to go out and preach the kingdom of the Lord, right? And he said, you're going to cast out devils. You're going to heal the sick. Amen? Cleanse the lepers. How many knows that casting out devils and healing goes hand in hand with the gospel? And understand that the gospel that we heard should have begun a healing on the inside of us. Somebody say amen. Now, 
understand that when we come to Lord, we come with, to him with true heartfelt repentance. We continue in obedience, right? And but, uh, Jesus said, we hear the truth. We know the truth, and the truth shall set us free, right? Well, free from what? Free from what we was, right? Free from what we, what we used to be. Free from, from, from all the things that we used to have going on in our lives. Free from the, the, what Paul said, free from the law of sin and death, right? We are alive in Christ Jesus. But we're all seeking deliverance. We all came to the Lord seeking deliverance. Amen? How many, ha how many had some things that you need delivered from when you came to the Lord? Hey, I can raise both hands. Amen. We all, and there's not one of us, not one person among us, and I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how good a life you lived beforehand or whatever, but there's something that you need to deliver from. Amen. And as we, were, as we walk and as we continue now, now we all think about deliverance and casting out devils. You know, we've all seen the movies, you know, when they're doing the exorcisms or whatever. You know, that's, you know and that, that's, that, there's a time and place that that, that goes on, okay? And there's some, but most of the time it's not that dramatic, right? How many understand that as you come to the Lord and you knelt in repentance, okay, all those things had to leave you? Okay, and then as you get up from there and you start walking in, in obedience to the Lord, those things are leaving you all the time. You're experiencing, you're a walking, uh, walking deliverance uh, ministry going on right before everybody's eyes, right? If you're walking after the Lord. So understand that, that and understand that as we go forward, okay, there's sometimes, you know, Jesus told a parable about the, the spirits that go out of a man and they want to come back. Okay, remember the parable? He said that when a spirit goes out of a man, unclean spirit, he walks through dry places, and he's looking for some place to find some rest. Okay, he can't find any rest, so he's gonna. He said, "I'm gonna go back to the house I just came out of, or the person that I just came out of." Somebody say Amen. So understand that all those things that you're being delivered from want to come back. Okay. Now understand also that just because you've named the name of the Lord, you've repented, you've been baptized, you may have been even been baptized with the Holy Ghost, and you're you're living for the Lord. How many knows that we're not? We're, that doesn't put us in a bubble, right? We don't walk around in a bubble where we're not where things can't affect us, right? We're not bubble boy and bubble girl, right? We're we're not we're not oblivious or 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 absolutely. Uh, how many knows that we can open doors to things that want to come into our lives anytime we want to? Somebody say amen. So understand that some of these doors that, that get opened by us, by things we're exposed to, by, by bad choices that we make or whatever, these are doors that these devils can come back in. And what I want to talk to you about tonight, and we talked last week about the spirit of infirmity that was in the synagogue. Remember the lady, that, the woman that had the spirit of infirmity, and she was all bowed, bowed over. And, and we, we, we followed that through and how Jesus uh, came, saw her, and delivered her from that. Amen. And we, under, we began to understand that the spirit of infirmity, you know, not every sickness is spirit of infirmity, but every sickness can bring the spirit of infirmity, depending on what kind of deliverance we, we experience in our life. Well, this lady was sitting under false doctrine. We remember how we, we went through all that last week. And so the, the, the number one key last week was false doctrine or that key to the, to the spirits coming back to you was false doctrine. Remember? Well, this week we're going to talk about a little bit something else. Okay. We're going to talk a little bit about rebellion. And this is the second door to your spirits returning is rebellion. Now, this part here that we're talking about Saul. Now, Saul 
Now, if you know the story of Saul already, you understand that uh, it's, I, I really, I'm really not sure Saul was saved when he died, okay? Now, I'm not the judge of that. I'm not the guy that gets to make that call, and I'm glad, right, that, some, that, that the Lord gets to make that call. But how many know that, that, that the guy died on the battlefield, and he hadn't been living for the Lord, okay? Now, in the reading that we read, Saul's anointed to be king, okay? And Samuel comes down, and he anoints Saul. He pours the oil on his head. How many has had the oil poured on your head? Amen? How many knows we're all kings and priests? Amen? I mean, spiritually speaking, you've had the oil of the anointing of the Lord poured on your head, correct? Somebody say amen. And it says that as Saul went away from Samuel, he turned to walk away from Samuel, and the Lord gave him a new heart. Okay? So this denotes right here, you can read these scriptures, that Saul was changed. Saul went from being who he was to being who God purposed him to be. Somebody say amen. That's what we're seeking to find in our life, right? There, it doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter what, what's happened to us or where, we're, where we, the dreams that we had or the mistakes that we made. We are all trying to find what the Lord has purpose for our life. Amen. Somebody say amen. Thank you. Understand that Saul walked away from Samuel filled with the Spirit. His, his, uh, now some, some will teach that nobody in the Old Testament was filled with the Spirit. I have to disagree with that. Okay. Uh, David talked about being in the Spirit when he was out tending the sheep and writing the Psalms. Uh, we, he, we see here, right, right here, that the, uh, the Bible says that Saul was filled with the spirits, and he was walking down with the prophets, and he started prophesying with them. Okay. Now, and everybody that knew him beforehand... Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going all this for a reason, because I want you to understand, a lot of people will say, if somebody falls away from the Lord, they wasn't really saved. Okay? I'm here to tell you that you can be really saved and fall away from the Lord. Okay? Now, Saul right here, he, he experienced a change in his life. Everybody that knew him before time, okay? said, what is this that's happened to the son of Kish? What is this that's happened to this guy? Now, we've, we've known this guy his whole life. He's never prophesied. Is he a prophet now? Right? So we understand that something was happening in Saul's life. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, let's go on down. I'm going to skip a little bit. We're going to go down, down to verse 22. Now, we're going to go 1522. I'm sorry. And we're going to come up on a reading where Saul's going along, you know, and, and uh, Samuel was his go-to guy. Samuel was the, the voice of the Lord in his life. How many knows that we need a voice of the Lord in our life? Amen. Somebody say amen. And the Bible says that in many counselors, there is what? Safety, right? So understand that having some people that can speak the word of the Lord in your life is a good thing. Somebody say amen. Now, that's good. Now, you need to hear from the Lord yourself, Right? But having somebody that could help, help you and speak into your life is a good thing. Somebody say amen. So Samuel was uh, giving, giving Saul some, some uh, he's giving him some uh, uh, guidance as he makes decisions, as he starts to rule the kingdom. He starts to rule the kingdom. And this, this, this uh, commandment comes down for him to go and to destroy the Amalekites. Now, the Amalekites were a, a tribe that lived in... in uh, lived in the Israel-Palestine area, and they had been a thorn in Israel's side the whole time that they had been there, and they had never, ever been able to drive them out. The, the times that God had told them to drive them out, they were never able to do it, and they never did it. Amen? How many knows we let things hang around 
sometimes they're, the, they're the, our undoing, right? We let things hang around us that shouldn't be hanging around us, then that's our undoing. Somebody say amen. Understand that Saul was, was ordered by the Lord to destroy this kingdom, destroy all these people, okay, to kill them. Now, we can go into, you know, oh, God, he's a homicidal maniac, okay, no, okay. If you do some studying, now I don't want to spend too much time here, but if you do some studying, you'll find where the Amalekites came from, what they were into, what was going on in their, in their, in their lineage and their people, what was going on, and even in their animals, you can do that studying on your own. But understand that God wanted them destroyed, okay? Now Paul or Saul goes out, and he goes to war with the Amalekites, okay? And he wins, right? He wins the battle. However, he was ordered to destroy and kill everybody, everything that lived, every animal, every man, every woman, every child even. He was ordered to destroy them all. And when he came back, he had not destroyed them all. He had kept the king alive, and he had brought all these animals back with him, okay? Now, it was simple instructions, you know? How many knows that the word of the Lord, a lot of times it's very simple instructions, Okay, there, how many knows that that the Bible says that even a child can understand the way of the Lord? Somebody say amen. So understand we get caught a lot of times in our own mind. See right here, you know, people will start making excuses for Saul saying, well, Saul had mercy on these folks. Okay, but understand that his orders weren't to have mercy. His orders were to do what the Lord told him to do. How many knows that sometimes we tend to exercise our, our own uh, feelings, our own uh, intuitions, our own ideas in the place of what thus saith the Lord, and it's always going to get us in trouble. Somebody say amen. Whenever we start, I mean, you can go around, you can look around this day, and you, you the hot topics of, of homosexuality and things like that, you know, the, the transgenderism and all that, you, you, you have to have, a, a, you kind of, people kind of treat them with kids' gloves, kind of like, you know, they don't want to say what's right and wrong. But how many knows the Bible says what's right and wrong? Somebody say amen. So we can't go and exercise our own ideas and our own thoughts and our own uh, substitute our own feelings and our own thoughts for the word of the Lord. Somebody say amen. So when he's telling us well, we need to get something out of our life or he's telling us there's something that has to do with us or something has to do with somebody we know that's sin and we're supposed to witness, we're supposed to witness. Somebody say amen. People say, well, you know, you got to show love. You got, and that's true. You got to, you got to love people. Amen. God does not, God is not anti any person. Okay. God is anti sin. Okay. And people say, well, how do you, how do you witness to a, a homosexual, blah, blah, blah. And I say, well, I don't talk about his sin or I talk about my sin. And you say, what do you mean? And I say, well, you know, I, w I, w I was a lot of things before I came to the Lord. If I wasn't born to be those things, I became those things because I did those things. Okay, now I needed forgiveness and I needed to turn away from the things that I was. And they're in the same boat. Somebody say amen. amen. So understand that we can't substitute our own thoughts. It don't, doesn't matter what the, what the society tells you. It doesn't matter what, what the mainstream media tells you. It doesn't matter what the news tells you. It doesn't matter what the, you learn in college. Understand that the word of the Lord is the word of the Lord. Somebody say amen. So here we find Saul in direct conflict with the word of the Lord. Now, you remember last week we talked about Peter and how Peter had been walking with the Lord. He had been 
listening to the Lord. He had seen the miracles. He had seen everything that had gone on. He knew who the Lord was even. And when it, when it, whenever he asked him, who do you say that I am? He was able to speak. Thus saith the Lord, you are the son of, you're the Christ, uh, the son of the living God, right? And he said, flesh and blood didn't, didn't reveal that to you. The father revealed that to you. Peter was walking in revelation, right? But then a few verses later, uh, when something came into his came out of Jesus' mouth that conflicted with what Peter believed to be true or what Peter thought should happen, he grabbed the Jesus and began to rebuke Jesus. Now understand, yeah, that's not a good idea. Okay? Understand that we can't find ourselves in direct conflict with the Word of God and expect to walk in revelation. Somebody got somebody got to say amen. You cannot put yourself in direct conflict in the, in the way of the working of the Lord. You can't place yourself in a in a area where you're going to be directly conflict the word of the Lord and expect to walk in a revelation. Somebody say amen. So he goes from 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 a, a couple verses earlier being being walking with the spirit and being revealed things being revealed to him in the spirit like right, right then just speaking right into his spirit and he's speaking these things out of his mouth and Jesus said you're speaking spiritual things I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom we're going to build I'm going to build my kingdom on that rock that rock of revelation from the spirit I'm going to build my kingdom on that Peter good job but then a few verses later, Jesus says, and I'm going to go to the city and I'm going to get be on trial and I'm going to get beat and I'm going to suffer all these things and I'm going to I'm going to die. And Peter says, oh, no, that's not going to happen. So and he says, get thee behind me, Satan. So immediately we see that Peter, in some areas of his his walk, he had plenty of revelation. But in other areas, he needed to do some work. Somebody say amen. And how many knows that there's a lot of places that we can have truth operating in our life? There's a lot of places that we can have understanding operating in our life. But when we come into those places that conflict with what the word of God says, understand these are the places where we need to make a choice. Understand that. Saul needed to make a choice the day he was going out to battle because he had orders from headquarters. Okay? We, we sit in here every week, okay, and we hear... Uh, we, we hear anointed preaching right from the throne, okay? We hear anointed word that comes forth from here. And when we hear that word, we need to say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, and get, try to do our best to get in line with that. Walk out. If it's something, hey, I understand there's sometimes things happen, things conflict with us, and we need to hit our knees and pray about it. Somebody say amen. But, but whenever there's a conflict, it's not God or the word that's wrong. Okay, understand it's not, there's not something wrong with the word. Some people say, well, it's antiquated. They, it doesn't, it's not written for now. Oh, I have begged to differ. The Bible says that not one jot or one tittle will ever pass from the law till it all be fulfilled. Jesus said, my word will never pass away. Understand it's for today, just like it was for the Puritans, just like it was for, you know, the, the first century church. Amen. So we find out, we find Saul here and let's read it. 1522. And uh, Saul had said, yeah, uh, I, I want to paraphrase a couple of these. And I want you to go back and read them. I don't want to take the time to read them. But, but Samuel said, hey, Saul, uh, you didn't follow what the Lord said to do. And he said, oh, yeah, I did. He said, well, what's out of here? And he said, oh, well, that, you know, those are animals um, that we brought to sacrifice. Yeah, he said, I obeyed the voice of the Lord. But the people, the people, they wanted to bring these animals. You know, they, they didn't want to destroy all the animals. You know, they wanted to bring them. Plus, we, we could sacrifice them to the Lord. Okay, now let's read. 
Samuel said, Hath the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Okay, let's stop right there for a second. Now understand that obedience to the word of God is the ultimate reverence for the word. Okay, when you, you know, you might, you know, standing for the word like we do in church, standing for the reading of the word, that's great. That's reverence, right? You know, and that's a wonderful thing. But understand that that, if we hear it and we don't do it, do we really reverence it as the word of God? Now, I said last week that I got a revelation here a few years ago that God wrote a book. Okay, I've been to church all my life and I never really looked at it that way. God gave us a book. He gave it to us for our good. Somebody say amen. Now understand, obedience to this is the ultimate reverence. When I obeyed my parents, that was me reverencing their word, their rules, their there's authority in my life, recognizing that. Amen. When I disobeyed, I was not showing reverence to their authority. Somebody say amen. So understand that the that He's saying, hey, we, you know, I know what God, God wants to kill all these, these animals out there in the battlefield. But he said, I wanted to bring them back in sacrifice. He said, well, you should have listened because listening is better than doing all the extra things that, that God doesn't really, you know, how many knows that if you, uh, you, when, whenever you uh, messed up or did something bad and, and you're, and you're, and you're, and you're, you were trying to go to, going to try to get away from it. So you start buttering your parents up, you wash the car you clean your room, you, you start acting all, minding your P's and Q's and everything because you know you have something they're going to find out. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so understand, understand Saul, you know, he's in that spot, right? He said, well, we're going to sacrifice all these animals. He said, look, all, he wanted, all God wanted him to do was obey. All he wanted him to do was what he told him to do. Okay, that's it. If he would have done what he told him to do, Saul's life might have been way different. But even in the face of this, Saul says, well, yeah, I did my part, but it's the people. You know, they, they didn't do their part. So understand immediately, he's reaching for a scapegoat. He's reaching for an excuse. He's reaching for something, you know, that, and, and I, can, I can, we can bring this all full circle. You know, he didn't destroy the Amalekites because later, now, we'll get to that later. That's a, that's a different lesson. But understand, I don't want to get off on a, on a side trail. I do that all the time. Let's not do that tonight. Let's read on. It says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Whoa. Hmm. Let's put, that, let's put a pin in that one. Okay. We're going to come back to that in a second. And stubbornness, man. Anybody in here stubborn? No. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Me too. I'm a stubborn. My head's as hard as the concrete out there. I'm telling you. I am a hard-headed person. I've always been that way. Okay? And the Lord's really had to work on me in that way. But stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Do you know when you're stubborn and you want your own way, you're worshiping yourself? You know, when you, uh, you demand you have your own way, 
and you manipulate folks and you go behind their back and you try to do everything to get your way. Do you know that's idolatry? Ouch. Stubbornness. You know, be, just being a hard, hard-headed. That's you're worshiping yourself. Lord, forgive me. Amen. Lord, forgive me. He says, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Mm. And then he says, and then he makes a half-hearted, another half-hearted apology. He says, he said unto Samuel, I have sinned, and I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord for thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Okay. He, he was king, man. You know, what he, what he said went, right? And he's hiding behind that. And he never found forgiveness for this stuff. Okay, now, let's go back to where it said uh, rebellions as a sin of witchcraft. Okay, now, what's witchcraft? Witchcraft here is uh, in the Strongs at 7081. Now, those of you that have been taking the New Life classes, you learned about the Strongs last week, didn't you? You learned about the Strongs? You need to get your Strongs to study the Word of God. This is strong, 7081, witchcraft. It's divination. Okay? So how can rebellion be divination? Hmm. Let's think about that for a second. You remember the few, a few scriptures before when Saul is prophesying? He's prophesying the word of the Lord. Do you remember when Peter, that was revealed to Peter? And he's prophesying the word of the Lord. Uh, if you go into rebellion, the things you prophesy is from somewhere else. Ouch. Did anybody hear me? Understand that a couple verses later when he said, get thee behind me, Satan. Uh, Peter was speaking and Satan was inspiring him to say what he was saying. So understand that when we deviate from the word of the Lord and when we let our ideas come into conflict with what the word of God says, we are actually, you know, you may, may actually be receiving some, some word from some, somewhere, but it's not from God. Okay, so you're in rebellion. You're practicing witchcraft. You're no longer, uh, you're no longer uh, saying, thus saith the Lord, you're no longer able to speak into someone's life the word of the Lord. Ow. Come on now. You understand the magnitude of that, the weight of that. Understand that other people's souls, your family, okay, your friends, the people that you witness to, you're living in front of. When, you, when you're in rebellion to the word of God, everything that comes out of you is from somewhere else. Understand that. And when I saw this, I was, I was upset. I was grieved in my spirit because there's been times. Amen. If you say you've never been in rebellion, um, I would either say you're a perfect person or you're lying. Okay. We've all done it. Okay. We've all understood and tried to do our own thing. Okay. Now understand that he refused to, to do what the Lord told him to do. And then he didn't take responsibility or repent. Now understand there's times when we're stubborn. And we, we miss something, and we can go back and repent for that, right? Okay, we don't have to continue in it. 
We don't, we don't have to keep walking in that mistake, okay? Understand, anytime Saul wanted to, he could have laid it on the line, man, and took, it, took his lumps and repented for what he did, right? We understand. I'm not talking about somebody that'll, that'll make a mistake and mess up. You can't, I mean, you're human. You're going to mess up. Somebody, and most of the time, it's for selfish personal reasons, right? So understand that it's, I'm not talking about somebody who makes a mistake and then goes back and repent. No, I'm talking about somebody who continues to double down on it, continues to walk in that stubbornness and, and doesn't, doesn't, doesn't want to go repent. Okay. Now, when I read a, uh, Proverbs 17, 11 says, an evil man seeketh only rebellion. And it says, has those nice, sem- how many like Proverbs? I love the Proverbs. It says, an evil man seeketh only rebellion, therefore a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. Hmm. Let's go on and read about Saul. Let's see if he had a cruel messenger sent. Let's go 16, chapter 16, verse 14. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. Yikes. And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. An evil man seeketh only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. Is anybody seeing this? And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Okay, so Saul's troubled in his mind. Saul can't sleep. Saul can't eat. Saul can't rest because he's in rebellion to the Lord and he has an evil spirit troubling him, an evil spirit, an evil messenger coming to him. Now, go down to 1623 and it says, uh, and it came to pass when the evil spirit was from God was upon Saul that David took a harp. And played with his hand, so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed, departed from him. How many know that uh, the devil hates anointed worship music? Hates it. Understand that these, you know, there was a time in my life when I went to church five, six times a week because I couldn't get any rest otherwise. The only time I felt like I had any, any my, san, my sanity was when I was in a church service. Now, I couldn't pray for myself. I couldn't hardly even lift my head. But I was in the presence of the Lord, and I received a little bit of rest. Okay? How many has ever experienced that? So understand that, this, that the spirit of the Lord is real. Right? But so are the evil spirits that are around. And when they're allowed to come at you, when you put yourself in opposition to the Lord... And they're allowed to come at you. Amen. You're open season. You've opened the door to that. Somebody say amen. Now, I want to I wanna just, just talk a minute for, for just a minute. Now, we've all experienced this. And um, I'm just going to, now I'm not talking about a person here. I'm just talking about hypothetical. Okay. You know, I, I'm in church service and the Lord, you know, the preacher, the preacher is going forth and the word's going forth. Okay. And so far up to this point, I am, amen, praise the Lord, preach it, okay? And then there comes a time when something's preached from the pulpit that conflicts with what I want to do, okay? 
It's going to come. If you go to church enough, if you, if, you, if you at all take your walk with the Lord seriously, if you at all place any faith in the Lord and take any faith, place any faith in your walk with the Lord, it's going to happen. You're going to come into conflict. There's going to come a day when you're sitting in a church service and the word's going to go forth. It's going to conflict with what you want in your life. Somebody say amen. Give me, I mean, how many, is, I'm not going to ask for hands, but a lot of it, I've been there many times. Okay, now, when that happens to you, you got two, you got two choices. Well, there's three choices, but really only two. Number one, you can give in to that, submit to the word of the Lord for your life, because you know that he's, the word of the Lord's come forth only to help you. Only to help you. Never to hurt you. He doesn't want to hurt you. Okay? So you could submit to that. You could come up and pray, Lord, Lord, forgive me, Lord, by your spirit. And a lot of things we can't give up on our own. A lot of things we can't comp- conquer on our own. It takes us, I mean, the Bible says not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. Right? But by thy spirit, saith the Lord. It, 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 is, it is a spiritual battle, and you need spiritual help. Somebody say amen. You cannot do this. Some things you can't get rid of out of your life on your own. There's things that I had to try to pry out of my life. If I'd have tried to do it on my own, it was never going to happen. But there's, that's the first choice. You can forget. You can give in. And you can say, Lord, you're right. Oh, and you feel that conviction hit you. Whew, and just grips you. And you know you think he's talking right at you. <laughs> Who's been telling him stuff about me? I'm going to find out. You know, there's only a couple, two or three people that knew that, and they're in big trouble. Okay? <laughs> but understand, the second option is to not do anything. Okay? And we're going to talk about that next week. Or if, if I'm speaking next, next time I speak, we'll talk about that. But the third option is putting yourself in opposite and in, in turning yourself around from it and going the other way. Okay? And you might get up, you make that decision, you leave the church that day, and, you know, you might feel convicted for a little while, but it's going to go away. And then the next time he preaches, it's going to be preaching about something else, and you're going to be back in the green. You're going to be back in the groove, baby. Amen. Praise the Lord. Right? Wrong. Wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. No, what's going to happen is in a few weeks or maybe a month, whatever, you're going to be calling pastor saying, something's wrong with me. You're going to be calling up your friends saying, can you pray for me? Something's wrong. Okay. I can't feel the Lord. I can't touch him. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm trying to pray. I'm not, I, I just not, I, I can't feel, I don't feel like my prayers are going anywhere. I don't feel him when I'm trying to worship, when I put on music in the car. Or I, don't, I don't feel him like I used to. When I come to church, I don't feel him like I used to. Something's wrong with me. Can you pray? Something's attacking me. I'm under attack. Right? Wrong. Wrong. You're in rebellion. You're in rebellion to, the, to what God is trying to do in your life. He's trying to mold you. He's got you on the wheel, man. Remember the potter's wheel? And he's got you on the wheel, and he's trying to shape you. And just when you got up and walked out, the, 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 the work was marred on the wheel. Just like, just like the word says, so what's he got to do? He's got to squish you back together, and he's going to start over. And that squishing back together hurts, 
doesn't it? When he starts to wreck everything you thought you were in your life because you're in rebellion to what he's trying to make, okay? How many knows that the clay doesn't have power over the potter, okay? The, the potter has the power over the clay to make us how, we, how he wants us to be. And he's shaping us up, and we're doing well. We're feeling the Lord. We're, we're conforming to his image. And he's showing us in our life. We're walking in that light that we talk about. And we get to the point where we go into rebellion, and it's just like, the parts, the pieces marred on the wheel. Now i got to crunch it up and start over. But he's not throwing you away. Amen? But understand that when you come back, when you finally repent, and you finally get to where you can feel him again, that that sermon's coming again. That sermon is going to come again. And, you, and you're right back in that spot where you have a choice to thus saith the Lord, Lord, forgive me. Lord, make me what you want me to be. Lord, you're, I give you power. I give you authority in my life. Help me to do, be what you want me to be. Help me. Or... You can reject it again, and you can start all over again, okay? You're not going to grow past rebellion. You're not going to grow until you accept that in your life, until you accept that word. You're going to come to that point, you know? There's uh, uh, my niece, uh, my wife's uh, brother's daughter was in gymnastics, and I remember one year she was – trying really hard to get to the next level. And she had to do this one skill, and, and she had to, it was in her routine, and every time she got to that one part, she was a little bit afraid of it, and she wouldn't, she wouldn't be able to do it, so therefore she couldn't. There's another meet. She had to wait another meet till she'd get the, she'd do it in practice, you know, with help with a spotter, but when it was, it was crunch time, she couldn't do it, okay? Understand that she couldn't advance, okay, past where she was until she got that down. Okay, and there's part, there's things that God brings to us. He brings us to these places to change us for the better. He brings us to these places to change us, to keep us out of those areas where we're rebellious. Somebody say amen. Understand that that Saul needed David more than ever, right? How many knows that when we're in error, we need the Spirit of the Lord more than ever? Isn't that ironic? That when you're when you when you can't find peace yourself, you need a word. You need somebody to pray for you. You need somebody to to somebody to stand with you. Amen. But most of the time, you know, it's all about us and our willingness to stand in opposition to what we know to be true. And people are man. We, we have vast, how many has ever, ever um, just marveled at how much punishment you can take? <laughs> I mean, how many has ever marveled at how stubborn you could be? I know I have. I mean, I've, I've looked back on things, and I just would not give, I would not uh, change my mind, right? And I just marvel at the lengths I would go to take a beating, I'm serious. That's that's our humanity, man. That's that's you know, and you know, God does not. He I've said it many times. You know, 
God is not angry about us being human. Okay? He knows us from the from our down to our genes, down to our cells. He knows every hair on our head. He knows our thoughts, our wants, our needs, everything that we'll ever want to be. He already knows that. Okay? When we come into conflict with him is when we set ourselves, our will, against his will. And we're saying, I know, and you, we're understanding, I know what you're trying to take me, but I'm not going there. Okay? Understand then that the, the, uh, the cruel messenger is on the way. I almost called this tonight the cruel messenger. How many has ever had a cruel messenger come your way? It's not good news that he brings, <laughs> right? Stay with me, if you will. Understand tonight that all the Lord wants from you is what you have. He doesn't want you to do anything you can't do. He doesn't expect you to, uh, I, I can't do cartwheels and flips, so he can't expect me to do cartwheels and flips, right? All he wants us to do is to put him in his rightful place in our life, amen, and to walk in obedience to what he's telling us, okay? Not my word, his word. Not my will, thy will. Remember John the Baptist said, I must decrease so he can increase, okay? We need, I need less of me, less of old Matt. I need less of him in my life. I need more of the Lord, okay? Trent, I like you. You're a great dude, but you need less Trent. Anthony, you need less Anthony, more, right? We can all say it. I need less of me. I need more of him. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this night. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the word. Lord, I thank you for everything, Lord, that you had to say to us, God. I, th I thank you for the spirit, Lord, that we feel. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would impart this word to our hearts, Lord. Uh, let us understand those times when it's in conflict, Lord, to, that we need to not stand in rebellion, Lord, to the word that's trying to work in our life. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would be with each and every person, Lord. Let this ruminate in their heart. Let them understand, Lord, that we got to change. All of us need to change. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.